Hello, everyone. My name is Hank Settela, and I'm here with Casey McBride for another exciting installment of Stir Crazy Shamans. And we're probably starting with what we would have loved to start with uh, the first talk that we did, which is how to commune with nature. It was actually Casey's idea that this would be our topic for today. Uh, but as always, uh, we like to follow the energy of the group. So if you have a question, a comment, uh, please uh, feel free to make that and we would be happy to speak to what is on your mind. But uh, so Casey, what was your inspiration for, since you picked the topic, why this topic today? Why now? Uh, as far as why today, I think I've just been wanting to kind of talk about it for uh, a little while, but um, I, I've been a little, um, my own fault, cooped up uh, in the house for the past couple of days, just working on uh, all of this uh, wonderful internet stuff. But it got me thinking like, I need to get back and uh, and into the forest and, and really do some healing and work to connect with Mother Earth. And uh, every time I do, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I spend more time away from the forest than I would like. But as soon as I get out there, uh, you know, it just reminds me of, man, I, I need to be doing this all the time because it is such a powerful healing experience for me every time I spend time with Mother Nature. Right. And also, this is going to be something that I know my teacher Zane has talked about it, that a lot of what we're seeing in the world with the virus and things like that may be a, a manifestation of us being so out of balance with our Earth Mother, what we call Pachamama in the Southern tradition, of being so far out of balance. And that's also a reflection of being out of body, out of balance with our bodies, because we believe that the body is a a reflection of our relationship with the earth, like the body is a mirror of the earth. So if we're not connected with the mother, how many of us have uh, lost the sense that our body is something that we have, it's a separate thing, but we aren't really communing with our body either. Uh, just like we're not communing with nature, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great lessons that nature has to teach us is there's so much communication always happening in nature. And, you know, yeah, I, I see this every time I like just the sounds I hear in nature. I know we always bring it back to sound with the sonic shaman thing, but uh, <laughs> the, the birds communicating the way the wind rustles through the leaves. I mean, you can just feel if you really tune in this beautiful symphony of communication in nature and, uh, and nature communicates through, I think feeling primarily. And we're so stuck up in our heads and our thoughts that uh, we don't take time to tune in and really feel what's happening in our own bodies. And yes, we become disconnected in a way because of that. And that causes a lot of uh, dis-ease, uh, <laughs> as we like to say. Well, and is there something that you do in particular to help? Well, I mean, we're kind of uh, in the thick of it, being able to communicate with nature, going through the different um, initiations and things like that. But if someone hasn't really taken the time to develop that dialogue with nature, what tips and tricks might you have? And then I'll share mine as well. Uh, what, what, what can you do to start reintroducing yourself to have that relationship again? Hug a tree. Um, it's, it sounds, uh, you know, a lot of people think like, okay, wow. Yeah. That guy's a hippie. If you, you actually see someone hugging a tree, but, um, I'm telling you what, it's one of the most beautiful experiences you can have to be fully present, go out into the forest. Uh, if you are worried about what other people think of you, just take a quick look around, make sure there's no one else <laughs> out there. Um, and, and just put your arms around that thing and just feel it. You know, I uh, really tune in uh, because that tree is a living being. It's living energy, just like us. And, uh, you know, the experience of a hug uh, uh, with another person is a very wonderful healing experience. But same thing with the tree, uh, yep. you know, and 
And hi, Mike. Thanks for joining <laughs> hey, <Mike>. us. <laughs> but yeah, it can be, it can be ex extremely powerful and healing, and that can really help to uh, not just ground us. It's a very grounding experience to do that, but it opens up a dialogue. It takes us out of the mind into our hearts and into a space where we can feel and connect with uh, with nature in a very um, visceral way where we're, we're actually feeling, uh, not just with our skin and our our, uh, our sense you know sensory so skin sensors whatever you want to call that that's not the right word but we're feeling with our, our energy fields as well in a very intimate way right. and what i would say is that one of the first things that we do in the shaman apprenticeship program is we go and we are just open to receiving and you go out and you ask basically or you're open to whatever gift that the nature spirits have for you uh, that you're willing to um just willing to receive it and just once you're starting to willing to receive it then there starts to be this interplay of energy uh between you and and starting to kind of develop that language of the spirit world with it and it is about learning a new language i think again we're so used to communicating with words that's how we talk to each other and we do communicate in other ways everyone communicates with their body language at least and most people are at least somewhat in tune with that uh but like we said, this language of communicating with spirit is one based on feeling. And um, some of us are have been so far removed, we're so caught up in our heads and our busy lives that we've sort of forgotten how to communicate. Uh, but deep down, we all know, and it's just a matter of sort of remembering. Uh, so yeah, opening up that dialogue and just beginning to feel, you know, feel with every part of yourself, engage all of your senses when you're out in nature, not just your sight, you know, engage your sense of smell, your hearing, and really be fully present with those senses without judging them. And you've mentioned hugging a tree. Another one that one of my clients just reminded me of uh, today is to go lay on the earth. Uh, whether you're laying on your back or you're laying on your stomach, it's a great opportunity to really connect her. Just think of like a brand new baby being laid on the the bosom of a, uh, the mother. And it's kind of like that same thing. You're that little baby and you're connecting with uh, Pachamama, Mother Earth, and just being like, I'm here. What can we uh, be a contribution to for each other? And I like, uh, so if you're going to do that, I think a great thing to focus on, Zane brought this up. For, uh, he was the one that introduced me to thinking of it this way. I've experienced it, but he gave put great words uh, to it for me is uh, to really pay attention to the sensation of gravity when you're laying on the earth. Uh, and recognize that that sensation of gravity, that heaviness that you feel pulling you down to the earth is the love from Mother Earth pulling you tight uh, to that, to, to the earth. So, I, and, and that's a really beautiful experience to sit there and, and recognize that uh, that heaviness is a heaviness of like just the, the most profound love for us. And, you know, I've worked with Zane for so many years that I've never heard him say that. So <laughs> it's amazing. Like, there's always new things that come out. And Zane almost joined us today. I had uh, given him an invitation, but he's actually watching a uh, a grandchild for uh, for someone. And he, he says uh, he's been watching them almost every day. And he's like, I think of you, Hank, every time, <laughs> you know, because it, it, he's not a parent. But when you are a parent, like, it totally changes your world and your time is not your own. Uh, so, I, But hopefully he'll be able to join us at a, a future Crazy Shaman and we can actually have him on with us. Oh, I would love that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Zane's a powerful dude, very wise. Um, but yeah, going back to techniques for connecting with the earth, um, you know, uh, I... 
people some often think when we think of like grounding and communicating with nature, we think of like the dirt and the grass and like the fields and trees. Uh, but one thing that's really powerful for me is to, to, to connect with is water. Uh, because this planet Earth is, for a large part on the surface of it, there's a lot of, a lot of water. So um, water is something you definitely want to be connecting with when connecting with the Earth. And for me, like, if you can find a little river, a stream, or if you're somewhere where there's like a lake or an ocean, to put your feet in the water and really feel that. And I like to kind of open myself and imagine, and, you know, I kind of, I have this realization that the skin is sort of just an artificial barrier. It doesn't really keep energy out, uh, except for when we allow it to with our own mind. So I kind of enter the allowance of that water, uh, the energy from that water just washing through me as either the stream kind of flows, imagine it's flowing up and into me, or the waves come and wash in and through me. And that is such a beautiful grounding experience, and it can really help you to connect with the energy of water. Right. And one thing I can give everyone to help connect, in this tradition, the Paco tradition of Peru, there's uh, different colors of energy that are associated with each element. And so if you just want to take a moment and just kind of center yourself, what you do to connect with water is in the tailbone, there is a Nawi. Nawi means a lens of energy, which opens and closes, right? And it's kind of like a camera lens. And it it is what we open up to express or allow energy into our system. And the one for Mama Unu, which is Mother Water, is at the tailbone. And it's a black energy that would come up into the tailbone, allow it to swirl throughout the totality of your being, both known and unknown. And then any heaviness that is there in your body, allow it to just wash that away and put it back into the earth. In fact, we say that because water connects with the deepest um, caves of the underworld that if you go to water and you put your feet in like Casey suggested you could actually just be in the allowance of letting any heaviness drain through you into the water and deep into the womb of Pachamama Mother Earth and to connect with Mother Earth the Nawi at the navel uh, it's a red color that would come in and same thing just allowing that red energy to flow throughout the totality of your being allowing yourself to acclimize to its power and its magic knowing how you can use this energy for it to be a service for yourself or your fellow man. And then the next one would be the, at the heart is the one for Inti, which is the sun. And that's a gold energy that comes into the heart. And while you're running these energies, you can allow, after you start the black one to run, continue to allow that one to run as you invite the red energy from mother earth to come in. And then the gold energy into the heart, allowing the other two to continue to run while you're being open to receiving the, sun energy and then through the throat we have two that come into the throat one is wider the wind which is a blue energy and the other is silver for mama kia mother moon and just like the other ones you allow yourself to connect to those energies allow the energy to go throughout the totality of your being through lifetimes through all the molecules of your being and through the space in between the molecules and those are the five main things that we work with in this tradition and those are just some little colors so if you go out in nature and you just want to have a color exercise to give yourself a little bit of an experience just be open to receiving those elemental energies in through these nawis and also what energy you're receiving to be in reciprocity with that the heaviness that you have that it has the ability to take from you give that as a beautiful gift because it, it all that hucha that heaviness that's in our lives that's creating disease that is food for these spirits and they, they use it to grow blessings for you so it's it's not a, a hardship that you're giving them something to work on it's actually a blessing 
and it's an honoring of that energy exchange so that you're actually in this energetic dialogue now with the spirit world just by offering your heaviness of what's not serving you the way i like to think of that is like uh you know our you know it's mother earth uh, we call it the earth is our our uh, spiritual mother here and uh and you know your think of your own mother you know if you hopefully you have a good had a caring mother growing up and um you know the motherly energy is like they want to take on your, you know your pain they don't want their son or their daughter to feel or experience you know any kind of pain They're, oh you know i'll you know give it to me i'll take it for you i'll deal with it you know that's kind of that motherly energy they want to take everything on for themselves and uh um and uh, you know they want to they want to hear about what's going on in your life, what's dragging you down so they can help you to heal and move on. And uh, and just like the mother is often more wise and has more experience than the son or daughter, um, the mother earth has so much more wisdom. And so when we share our heaviness with her, we're deepening our connection, our bond with her, and uh, also helping to heal and grow ourselves. Just a reminder for everybody that's joining us, if you have a question or something you'd like to contribute, please go ahead and make a comment. Oh, we should be, we figured out what the problem was of not seeing comments, I believe. So if you make a comment on Facebook, we should see it roll through. I know I saw one from Mike earlier, but if you have a question or if you have a tip that you want to contribute of how you connect with nature, feel free to put it in the comments and we'll be happy to speak to it, which is all what I was going to add here as a reminder, add your, ask your questions in chat. There we go. <laughs> that's what I was working on. <laughs> Great, thank you. So what, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and also uh, with these exercises that we're mentioning, especially the one of, uh, you know, envisioning the colors and feeling the energies come into the uh, different energy centers of the body. Um, obviously, if you can do them out in nature while connecting with nature, that's ideal. Uh, but don't forget that if there are days when you're stuck inside for whatever reason, uh, maybe you're quarantined or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, we can, we can connect with these energies while inside as well. And um, uh, one thing that I've uh, enjoyed doing on, you know, especially like really cold winter days, a way to connect with, again, going back to water, um, and it's like a, a bathing ritual. Uh, so, you know, if you have a tub, fill up a tub, um, sit in there and really feel yourself connect with the energy of that water. And, um, and it can be a very grounding experience, but then towards the end of it, uh, imagine that all your heaviness, that hucha is, uh, exiting your body and filling up the water. And then as you pull the drain, you can kind of ceremonially allow all that hucha to sort of drain away from you and, and out of your space. And uh, so that's a cool little uh, example of a ritual you can do if you are stuck inside, but still trying to connect with nature and the various elements. If you are going to do a bath, one thing that you can also do is take a couple things of a tablespoons of sea salt, put uh, put that in warm water, dissolve it first and mix any essential oils that you want in and then draw your bath. And at the very end, right before you get in, mix that salt mixture in because what happens is the salt mixture helps the oil suspend in water and everywhere you're submerged actually will be more prone to absorb the oils. Otherwise, the oil just floats on the top. So it's a great little trick where you can add a little bit of essential oils to that experience as well for your body to benefit from what that could be for you as well, especially lavender and really nice ones like that. Yeah, absolutely. Essential oils are a beautiful tool. And, and that's like another cool way that we can connect with nature while we're inside um, is, uh, you know, essential oils. That's the power of plants that come from nature in the tiny little convenient bottle that we can connect with at any time. Uh, and also, let, you know, I, I uh, one of my uh, sort of uh, physical spiritual or shamanic journey hybrids. I went out to actually walk in the physical woods, um, but it was, I was being guided by the spirits and I was told um, 
you're going to find four gifts uh, in the forest today. And um, I, as I was walking along, I would actually see there were like little elemental beings would like pop down on top of a rock or something. And I go, okay, that's the one. <laughs> and uh, so there were four, at the, there, I think it was a couple of rocks and then like two really interesting looking pieces of wood. And um, uh, uh, Spirit communicated to me that I was to set up like a grid in my room. So I actually have like them in each corner, uh, one in each corner I set up and uh, then had the intention to sort of create this like uh, energetic, like almost like a pyramid or some kind of geometric shape out of it. So that I always am connected with the energy of uh, nature, even uh, when I'm in my uh, room inside. And uh, I don't have to do anything that uh, complex if you're not that uh, adept at communicating with spirit or doing advanced energy work. Uh, just bringing something uh, from the outside in, if you have like a little altar like I have behind me, um, you know, uh, bring something in for each season. That's a cool thing I like to do. Like for spring, uh, again, I was walking along and I knew I was gonna find something for my altar and I just looked down right at the very end of the hike and there was an acorn with uh, a little, like the sprout coming out and I thought, oh, that's a perfect representation of like new life and spring. So I brought that in and set that on my altar and just had it there to kind of bring the energy of spring of that season in. Cool, that also is reminiscent of something we do in the program. We start in April uh, normally because we're like the whole first weekend, you're like planting this divine seed, this muhu koya, the seed of divine potential. And through the, out the program, as you start to have this dialogue with nature and, and have these energies come in, all that energy helps to sprout that seed where you're allowing your own unique voice in this world to come up through and then flower out the crown to connect with Wiracocha. They say like you, you refine your own inner essence to offer your nectar to the Royal Hummingbird and the Royal Hummingbird in the tradition is the connection to the creator. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm so, so much looking forward to connecting and, and, and expanding on all of this. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, for someone like me who is trained by the spirits and is so intuitive to hear that there are so many of these parallels, that's just such a beautiful, validating thing. And, uh, you know, I don't think I um, necessarily like need kind of constant validation, still having that occasional reminder of like, yeah, this is all very real stuff and you're on the right path, man. That's uh, that's very helpful. And I would rather have the validation even if I don't need it than not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And for anybody watching, mm -hmm. our program is actually going to be, uh, the live portion is going to be postponed because of the, the, the stay-at-home order. Uh, but what Zane has done, and this is going to be news for everybody in the group, so you're hearing it live here first, he's going to be doing an introduction class all virtually uh, that's going to be included for people in the apprenticeship, but it's a Taiwantan Mesa class where people are going to be building what's called a Four Corners Mesa. And so normally in the tradition of uh, the way that the apprenticeship goes is on the third weekend you would have your little medicine bundle, what we call the Misha, here. Uh, you would build that on the third weekend, but we're, he's going to be doing a virtual version where you're building that uh, as a Taiwantan Mesa to begin with. And then as we meet in person, we'll already have a Mesa we're working with and then, you know, start the in-person meetings. So that's all going to be brand new this year for the program. It's actually part of the first level priesthood, uh, but very excited for it because Zane's never taught me anything about the first level. So I'm just like, oh, I've got more stuff, more new things out of Zane. Uh, and, that, and then that class is, it's going to be nice because that is going to be open up 
to anyone, uh, regardless of if you're taking the apprenticeship program or not. And it's a great way for you to get centered and to start having some interactions with nature. So if that's of interest, uh, just seems fitting to bring it up now. That is going to be something that I will, uh, Zane's sending me the write-up today. He was working on it when I spoke to him earlier. <laughs> and uh, we'll hopefully have a registration link up uh, sometime to later tonight or tomorrow, depending on when he actually gets me the information. So fun stuff. Yeah. And while we're plugging things, um, <laughs> uh, uh, coming up this Sunday, uh, if, you, if you're looking for a great way to um, connect with spirit uh, without having to go out into nature while, you know, during the quarantine, um, Sunday at 1 p.m., I believe it is. Uh, is it? Is that right? Yep. 1 p.m. on Sunday. 1 p.m. on Sunday. I'm doing uh, my next shamanic meditation. Um, so it's a great, uh, Hank can attest, it's a great way to um, connect and communicate with spirit for healing and growth, communicate with our guides, etc. Um, they all kind of have a different theme. Uh, but if you, are, you know, can't get out or can't get to a physical class, then join in. And it's a great way to really connect and, and work on your uh, own healing and growth. I don't know if I can find the link really quick. Casey did a cool little one-minute video. Uh, see if I can find the link. I'll post it in the comments. But it will. Um, if I if I don't find it now, I'll find it a little bit later in the broadcast. But it was a great little just a one-minute thing that uh, just kind of gave you a taste of how he carries himself when he's doing the meditations and what you can benefit from the meditation. So I'll post that as soon as I, I find it here. Thank you, Hank. And. Um... Yeah, we uh, well, like we can. I guess well, we're plugging things. We might as well. Uh, we have a couple. We got the new YouTube channel, which I think this is streaming to Stir Crazy Shamans now. Nope, um, not yet. Tomorrow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, because I had to wait the twenty four hours too. <laughs> so, yeah. Whenever you have a YouTube channel, in order to enable live streaming, it makes you wait twenty four hours. So we have been streaming to the Holistic Health and Healing YouTube channel. We, we made a new one just for Stir Crazy Shaman. We'll be posting the content kind of after the fact on the HHH page, but we're going to have a whole stream and YouTube channel just for uh, stir crazy shamans. And as this grows and develops, like we almost had a guest on today, it may be uh, uh, times where we have uh, a third or a fourth person, uh, we can have up to six on a broadcast. So we might bring other people who have uh, different things they might be able to contribute in on the conversation. Or if one of you is really brave and you wanna come on and ask a question like I'd be on video, we can send you a link and you can actually join us here uh, on the live stream. Very exciting stuff. I can't wait. I, I would I, if, if Zane can come on soon, that'll be a really, really incredible one. I'm sure he will. Well, <laughs> part of it is he only has a phone right now, not a computer, but he's uh, about to get a computer. So I'm hoping that that will uh, change very quickly. Speaking of, thank you all so much for bearing with the poor video quality of my camera. Right now, they are sold out of HD webcams everywhere. And as soon as they have them back in stock, I will have much prettier video quality for all of you to enjoy. <laughs> I actually ordered a, a webcam myself, but it was back ordered and it's getting here like May 14th or something like that. So uh, it just, the best things come to those who wait. Right. <laughs> or those who allow, actually. It's not yes. about waiting, it's about allowing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so speaking, speaking of allowing, um, I think uh, being in the energy of allowance when trying to communicate with nature is extremely important uh, because, again, you know, we can receive really powerful healing from nature, but there are so many people that I see when I go walking through the metro parks around here in Ohio, um, you know, they're, they're walking through, they've got their headphones in, you know, they're doing their thing and they're, they're not connecting with nature at all. So you, just being in nature 
doesn't necessarily open you up for really powerful healing and experiences. You do have to be in the space of allowing that healing to come through and happen in order to experience that. Um, so, but being in nature in general, I, rec I highly recommend, even if you are gonna listen to music, it's great to get out there, you'll still benefit. But um, in order to really tap in and, and experience the true wisdom and power that mother nature has to share with us, um, we, we need to really bring ourselves into that space of allowance. And maybe you can help with, I, you have always have these great uh, sort of rituals and ceremonies and techniques uh, for getting into the space of allowance. Do you have uh, one that like really rings uh, true for you as far as being out in nature to prepare yourself to receive that healing? No, well, the, the thing that I would do, um, if you, wherever you're gonna go, uh, find three leaves and uh, like preferably not poison ivy or poison oak or anything like that, but you know, like three and, and ask the leaf before you pick it, you say, hey, do you wanna be, you kind of just say, do you wanna be part of this? And you'll get a yes or no. This is how, when we build sweat lodges, you have to use saplings for that. And you ask a tree before you, before you cut it down, like, hey, do you wanna be part of this? And occasionally you gotta know, you know? And so you don't, you wanna honor the plant and, um, and whatnot, but you get three leaves and there's this whole little ritual where you're introducing yourself uh, to the leaves and those leaves, the, the thing is that the nature spirits of that forest or wherever you're at, um, everybody knows each other, right? So by introducing yourself just to one little part of the forest in this way, you're kind of bringing your awareness to um, like who you are to the forest and then kind of introducing yourself energetically so that now you're not a stranger anymore. And you know, it's, it's not like you're just showing up and saying, hey, show me something. It's like, you took the time to introduce yourself. This is who I am. This is where I come from. And this is uh, what I'm looking for. And the way you would do it is you take your three leaves, you would hold them at the navel and you just have the intention to allow your physical body to come into resonance with the uh, with our beloved Earth Mother Pachamama. And then you would raise the leaves up to the heart the power of Munai, your combination of will and love, and you allow your heart to come into resonance with the middle world, the Kaipacha. You would bring the leaves then up to the third eye, allowing your intelligence and your wisdom to come into resonance with the Hanukpacha, the upper world. And bringing them down to your lips, you would say Nokani, which means I am, your full name, William Henry Setzla, Ayu, Apu, Kunamanta, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I basically am saying in Quechua, and you're welcome to use English, you don't have to say Quechua. Uh, I am William Henry Settler. I come from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the reason that that is so important in this tradition, we believe that the place of your emergence, uh, the masculine and feminine nature spirit of your place of emergence hold the blueprint for the perfect you. So it's not just this is who I am and this is where I come from. In a way you are saying this is who I am and here is the essence of who I am becoming. And this is the, the blueprint of who I can be as a divine infinite being on this physical plane. And so after doing that, you do a breath, breathing out to the left, calling in all the feminine nature spirits, and then another one to the right, calling in all the masculine nature spirits. And then basically you do what we call a haiwa, which is like a, a sacred breath. It's a baby's breath. There's no words. It's just you breathe into the leaves, the highest vibration of who you are in this moment. And you breathe that into the leaves. And now you've introduced yourself to the seat. You called in all the masculine and feminine nature spirits of the space around you. And then you just find a place where you want to uh, put those these back into nature. You can put them, you can bury them, you can put them into a stream. Uh, if you have a thing, you could burn them. Uh, and you could even go a little bit beyond this. Like after you do that, if you felt so inclined, you could just visualize from your, your navel where that muhu koya is, that spark of divinity. You feel this energy allowing it to build up in you and you raise the leaves above your head 
and what you're basically doing now is you're offering the highest version of you uh, up to the upper world. It's that what we were talking about, wanting to draw that royal hummingbird to you. So you're offering your nectar to the upper world, drawing the sawikinti, the royal hummingbird to you. And then once you feel that connection with the divine, you start to bring the leaves back down and you do one more haiwa this time, uh, being in the energy of all the things you're looking to actualize in your life. And notice I'm saying actualizing. That means that it shows up. Manifestation is how it shows up, two different energies. So you're feeling as though all the things that you're looking to have allowance in your life uh, around, you're feeling, you're allowing yourself to feel what it would feel like if those things were already here for you. And you breathe that into the leaves. So now you're breathing the energy, no words. You know, you're breathing the energy of the vibration of what it feels like to have all these things in your reality already. You breathe those in the leaves and then you can put them into nature. And now you've introduced yourself uh, to the spirits and you've also said, this is what I'm looking to create in my world. This is what I'm looking to allow in my world. Hey, what contribution could you be? And that you and you give those things to the uh, to put in a nature somewhere, to the river or whatever the case is. I love I love learning about these uh, the ceremony. That's one thing I think um, learning from the spirits as opposed to being trained in a specific tradition. That thus far uh, I haven't uh, experienced as much as like the ritual uh, behind uh, all of this stuff, and I love it so much. And so I'm so happy to be learning about all this. Right. Well, and I would say make it up, brother. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so in the tradition, there's like the Papa Masauk, and those are the ones who are trained. Like you do this, then you do this, and you do this. And if you don't do it exactly how you're supposed to, nothing works. And the Ultima Masauk can make it all up on the fly and and do everything wrong and have the re desired result because you're doing it from the heart. And really, you're, the ceremony, a shaman is a showman, and whoever you're working with, what what ceremony does this person need to get them into out of their logical mind into their chaotic mind that they're going to be in the space of you know getting out of their own way to receive the healing and so uh, i give this example tom kratzley and lilydale uh, one time he was working with someone and he got from spirit go get a green pepper cut it in half and he's sitting there waving a green pepper in their energy field and the person's like what you know like it was just so far out of the realm of what normally happens in a healing session that it, it took that person completely out of their headspace and they actually were able to be in the space to receive the healing so even if it's something crazy like that you can make a ceremony out of anything green peppers or, or otherwise <laughs> i love that so much um so that that brought up uh speaking of going back to the exercise you had just described um making offerings is uh, a beautiful way to i think connect with uh nature and uh there's one guy i found on YouTube. I can't remember his name. I wish I could give him credit because he's really cool. Uh, Yarrow Willard. Uh, and I don't know his channel. Oh, he's, what is he? He's the, um, uh, anyway, Yarrow Willard is his name, but he, he he's an herbalist and uh, he, uh, he goes out and like forages uh, herbs that he uses for, to make like healing products. Uh, but he's very much um, uh, like he, he's almost like a shaman in the way that he interacts with the plants. He very much so is. And uh, one thing he likes to do is when he enters into a space where he's going to be taking medicine and, and for each thing he takes, he always makes an offering. But at first, uh, you know, he likes to leave like a part of himself behind. So he'll take like a little hair and uh, like he'll put it on a plant. And like, so that's like a little bit of himself that he's offering to the forest. And then another thing he always carries like tobacco on him. And uh, we've brought up the 
plant medicine of tobacco a couple of times. And it's uh, something that can help to carry like our prayers and intentions and you don't need to consume it at all, but just uh, like having some tobacco and, and like, I, I like to just resonate and put my like deep gratitude and thanks uh, for whatever it is that uh, mother nature has to offer for me today. And then, uh, you know, release that on the land and, uh, or you know, whatever it is you feel called to offer anything special to you. I mean, obviously don't litter, don't leave anything, <laughs> any kind of like plastic behind or anything, but um, yeah, just a, a, something natural that uh, resonates with you that you can make an offering to the earth. That's a really great way to open up some uh, awesome energy exchange. And one of the things that we do, I know you're a big fan of the Florida water once you discovered it, especially the yellow one that's actually from Peru. It's delicious, right? But um, when, when we were going for a walk the other day across from my house, I found that there's like this pond in the middle of Westlake, right? And I'm like, I, I never even knew it was there and it's just in this development and uh, there's like these really cool rocks and trees all there and the second time we went I took a bottle of Florida water with me and as we walked around I was just giving little offerings to the nature spirits that were there because I was so honored to find this little nature oasis amongst the of development of houses you know um, it was like a, an amazing cool thing so it doesn't have to be anything big it could be just a little florida water um we also will take that florida water put it into our mouth and spread it out like a it's, it's called a pukui which is a charged breath of intention so like you're off, offering it as a cleansing and a blessing when you take that in and do a breath uh spraying the florida water out and we usually do that in threes one for the lower world one for the middle world one for the upper world but there's no real rule to it but that's a great way because now it's not just the perfume you're also putting up your breath into it it's mixing with your saliva so you are leaving behind a little bit of who you are um, in nature as well I love that. And it's, it's, to me, that's just so fun to do. Again, none, none of, you know, none of this stuff is necessary in order to have this connection, but it can be so much fun. And if it's fun to you and it resonates and it helps you to feel more excitement and more joy while doing all this stuff, then go for it. it, it it's really awesome. You can be as simple or as elaborate as you'd like. And you could just and say, let me receive and that that's enough uh, <laughs> as long as you have the point of view that it's enough you see point of view creates your reality and so if you've already come to the decision and conclusion that you can't have these experiences then something like a ceremony helps you get out of that logical mind where you had that judgment and step into a different possibility so that's really what the ceremony is about it's kind of getting the mind out of the way to be open to receiving the experience where part of us might have chosen that hey that's that's for shamans that's not for me or that's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ceremony is something that uh, even before I reached out to you and decided I was going to further my training and, and really receive training in a specific tradition, uh, my guides had kind of been driving home the point that ceremony is something that uh, that can it was important for me to really help to deepen my practice because I know myself and a lot of other people we can sort of. Uh, get really motivated at times and really do whatever spiritual work it is. Like for me, I do my journeying and shamanic healing and communicating with my guides. There are some times when I'm so motivated and like, I don't need any tools or any ritual or any ceremony. And I'm just like always communicating, always doing it. Uh, and then other times uh, for whatever reason, just the way the energy flows, you know, I'm not as motivated and I get a little more focused on the physical things when I would like to have more balance instead of going back and forth. And ceremony and ritual can be a great way to, I think, help to maintain balance for a lot of us who have that tendency to sort of go one way or the other. And doing something to anchor your communication with it. So like um, in the program, one of the things that the students have as homework after, I forget which weekend, maybe it's even the first, 
or maybe it was around the third because we already have our, our Mesa, uh, but it's just to go out at uh, dawn every day, preferably around the same time and using just a Mesa, doing that same exercise, connecting with each of the colors, also connecting with the rainbow Quichi, connecting with Huerococha, and you just go through the a process where you're letting the energy flow out to those things and then you turn it back in. And so you're creating the dual stream and you just do it every single day. And when you establish that flow uh, in moments where the regular world, the duality comes crashing in on you and puts you in a space of flight or fight, fight or flight, uh, you, you have these tools built so you can more easily slip back into that serenity that nature has for you. And I think there's something to be said about uh, anchoring, not just on a personal level, but also a sort of archetypal uh, anchoring, uh, where when we practice these, uh, especially in the tradition that you're trained in and that I'm going to be learning, uh, Pakokuna, so I'm saying that right? Um, it's a very ancient... Kuna means plural, so Paco is nature mystic, Paco Kuna is like nature mystics technically. Okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, it's, it's such an ancient tradition and, and very much uh, in, intact and untouched uh, for, for as far as we know for a very long time. And um, so these uh, a lot of these rituals that we're practicing are the same rituals or, or, sim or this, at least the same energy behind what they're doing that they've been doing for a you know, couple thousand years or more. And... Um, so I think when we connect with that, especially consciously, and we know that this is an ancient practice, an ancient ritual that we're performing, I think it just really helps us to amplify. And every time someone else does it, uh, at least I feel that uh, we're adding to the energy of, of that ex particular experience. And we're, we can sort of build on each other and climb higher and higher every time we do that. Absolutely. And to talk a little bit about the tradition, what happened was that when the Spanish came in or conquering, uh, they couldn't go, they couldn't deal with the altitude sickness of going so high up in the mountains. So the Caro Indians that were way up in the mountains, uh, they, they weren't conquered. Like they, they, Spanish couldn't go that high, so they didn't bother, kind of. <laughs> and, and basically, those people were left alone and untouched. And there was an anthropologist that was in Cusco and noticed uh, somebody there that had these cloths. Like if you look at these mesa cloths, the way that these are woven, he noticed that the way it was woven was a way that hadn't been done in hundreds of years. And he's like, who are you? Where are you from? And he found that these Caro Indians were living way up in the mountains of Peru. And he made then an expedition to uh, go see these people and learn from them. And that's where this tradition was kind of re uh, re distributed into the world. And it was then that they, they used to only teach the other Caro this. They, they wouldn't teach like a, a gringo, they call us, you know, the white guy. And he, they wouldn't bother teaching us because it was, you know, for their children, but their children weren't interested in learning it. <laughs> and then <laughs> after this one earthquake, uh, they took it as a, a, an omen that it was the, there was this, um, prophecy of the two warbirds flying together, the eagle and the condor flying together in peace. And that when this sign happened, that it was that it was then that it was to be taught to the Western world, to the to the north to the children of the north. And they started teaching their tradition to people like Zane and to Elizabeth Jenkins, who uh, is one of the people that has the same teacher as Zane. I watched a video, not that I think it was uh, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, and and the Pacos uh, were uh, mentioned in the video as well. But uh, many traditions, uh, shamanic, what would be what we call shamanic traditions, native traditions throughout the world, have had 
um, similar prophecies, like they call it like the end of times or whatever. Uh, but it's not like the end of times as in like, you know, everything, the world's going to blow up, but it's more of like the end of the spiritual dark ages, they said, right. where, um, well, before, you know, there was, there may have been a select few who were really like connected and they were the spiritual leaders. And now like we're in the time when everyone's supposed to start learning the stuff and reconnecting for our own healing to connect with the sacred peace and silence and also to, uh, to help to heal the earth. A story kind of around that, uh, they they say in, uh, in the Carol tradition that they call it the rainbow tribe of man, that the tribe of man comes together again, like all the different different types of uh, people there are. Uh, but, but one thing, like, especially with the Northern traditions, they have these roles that you never mix ceremonies, right? Like if you're Lakota doing a sweat lodge, you would never mix it with something from Peru. And I happened to be at Lilydale teaching a class and I had done a despacho and I wanted to burn it in a, 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 like a ceremonial fire. And there happened to be a sweat lodge the next day. And my friend had already asked the guy who runs a sweat lodge if I could burn it. And he's like, absolutely not. We'd never mix ceremony. Well, I went the next day anyhow. And I said, this is what I did yesterday. And I would love to be able to offer a blessing to everybody here and burn it in the fire. And he's like, spirit says yes. <laughs> and it, it, like it's like, let me do that and then during the the rounds in, inside the lodge like i told the story of the condor and the eagle flying together and it, it was like a, a an example in that moment of like a northern tradition sweat lodge and a southern tradition being welcome in the same space and it, like that doesn't and it was spirit who gave the okay oh yeah because he had already said no yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I really feel strongly that, you know, this is going to be burned in this fire and I'm going to offer this little blessing for everybody. And I showed up the next day and he said, yes. And, uh, and then we even talked about it in the lodge as we were doing our rounds, it kind of came up and I shared about the prophecy and, and he shared, you know, that he got a yes from spirit that he just felt like, yeah, that the, from the place to that I was coming from the authenticity uh, that it was um, spirits that allow him to do this. And it was a beautiful moment. Because uh, it was just speaking to that prophecy, like those two traditions kind of coming together. Um, a really special time for me that I was allowed to do that. And it's happening on uh, really two levels, you know. I think I think there's a couple, like two different directions uh, we're kind of going on this planet. And uh, technology, I'm going to give the example of like, um, so we, in, with technology, it's sort of becoming further and further um, how to put it, uh, it's becoming more and more complex. Uh, there are more and more ways to sort of get lost in the realms of technology and become distracted. Uh, but at the same time, more than ever, we have access to information about every single spiritual tradition. And uh, I know for myself, when I was first sort of discovering all this stuff and learning from the spirits, when I would go online, and this, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and I would uh, you know, go to type something in to look whatever experience I was having. Like, you know, there was not a lot of information easily found online. And now just my Facebook feed is filled with all kinds of awesome spiritual inspiration and things from all different traditions from all, all around the world, the East and the West, everything. And um, so uh, uh, I, I see that kind of parallel of like some people moving in that direction of, of you know, further into the differentiation and dissonance. And then also through technology, people are moving uh, into becoming more connected. And um, I think that's an awesome parallel is a spirit is sort of, like you said, now um, like we're getting signs in all different parts of the world from many, many people that this is the time for all of these traditions to come together and for us to all unite. Uh, and and technology is allowing us to do that, like like through things that we're doing here right now today. I know I, I 
this is amazing that we have the technology to do this. Shaman plus technology equals a good time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> One other thing to share with you about how this uh, this particular tradition was preserved so well is that when they were, they, there's a prophecy of a fifth level healer in this tradition and the fifth level healer um, can heal all the time, 100%, never missing uh, anything. Like everybody who th they touch gets healed. And so when the Spanish came through and they were talking about more in the, the coastal traditions, because even in the Curandero tradition, a lot of the things were preserved because when they were talking about Christ, they said, oh, good, we knew that would happen. It just happened over there and they embraced it. And they actually uh, brought in parts of uh, Catholicism into the tradition in a sense, like uh, during dispatches, you would do like the wine and stuff like that instead of uh, llama blood. Or, uh, you know, they were using it as like the, the parallel to communion in a way of uh, representing that. But anyway, they found that there was some beauty, beautiful things in there and they were able to keep a lot of their tradition because they didn't just totally oppose what was happening. They found a way to embrace it, but still keep what they had that was sacred to them. And that's, I, I've heard the term a few times when we're talking about the stuff of cross-cultural shamanism. And uh, I think it was Zane that was telling me, um, not just the Pacos, but uh, in general, uh, in Peruvian shamanism, like they, they, they all tend to be pretty open to, um, you know, the other traditions and, uh, and other ways of thinking, like when people would come, or, or am I wrong in that? Is it more so the Pacos that were no, that way? The, the, the Pacos, anybody in the Peruvian shamanism, like uh, if one village, if they're calling in Mother uh, Water first instead of Pachamama, they don't look at it as a wrongness. It's just that that's how that spirit's working with you. And they don't make each other wrong. They celebrate more of the differences because they say that in, in the differences is the gold and the differences <laughs> is the, the magic. But now if you look at... Uh, well, I know when I first started using the word shaman at my office, uh, somebody else in the same space said, well, you can't call yourself a shaman. And there are some traditions that you wouldn't never identify yourself as a shaman. But what, what I find that happens, um, not so much in the Carol traditions, but in other traditions of shamanism, we, whatever we learn, we start comparing it to what other people are doing. Well, that's not what I learned. And people are, instead of being in the space that both can exist and both have beauty. Well, one must be right because what I was taught was the real deal. And if I think that they have something that was right and that I was wrong, then what I got wasn't authentic. And so they started playing this judgment game. But really, it's all you know things that are are connecting with nature, just with a little bit of a different flavor. So being an allowance of other people's um, you know details of how they do it, being a, an allowance of all that instead of, of judging it as something different from what you're doing, just a, just another way, not the way, is the way to look at that kind of thing. And then we're in a space of cooperation instead of competition with it. Agreed. I think a lot of people need to accept that message for themselves. To allow uh, the message. Yes, to allow the message. Um, I know, uh, like for myself, you know, it's, it's funny because sometimes um, – you know, I'll have a conversation, I'll get into, you know, different spiritual topics when talking to clients that I work with. And, um, you know, people will ask me, you know, about like, say, like the gods, for example, you know, like, or, or, or God and like the, the Christian and Jude Judaic God. And, uh, you know, they say, well, well, so, like, do you believe in that one versus this one, et cetera? And I was talking all of it, you know, I, I you know, if it, whatever I can learn from any particular entity, God way of thinking, you know, if I can take something away from that, that helps me to grow and learn and expand myself just a little bit more, then I'm going to benefit from it. And I'm not going to be closed off to anything just because, you know, I don't like, you know, a 
particular whatever way of thinking because you know i don't know i think just being open to learning from everything i think that's really the uh uh um the shamanic uh way because we're, we're really learning to pull from all of the energies to yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I, I was just going to say, too, with all this, uh, really the key is allowance. We've been saying that from the beginning, how to connect with nature and all. And I, I, I was... I made it a point to change it to allowance from acceptance because acceptance is an entirely different energy. And I use the rock in the stream as an example of this. When you're in allowance, all the energies of the world just flow around you and the rock can be a rock. But if you align and agree with or resist and react to, which is the energy acceptance, that rock uh, gets washed away down the stream because it mm -hmm. just aligned with another energy and it's kind of going with the flow. So allowance is it's flowing around you. You're still being you. Acceptance is I agree with that and off you go with what you agree with and if okay. you to react to it then the rock is like resisting against the water and it gets whittled down to a pebble of sand and then it goes downstream so <laughs> the, the energy of allowance is to be in the space of non-judgment about whatever it is that you're perceiving and just being an allowance of it, of it being and then you can of course make your choices of who you're going to be in creationship to that but it's not uh, at the whim of it hmm. yeah i guess i uh I don't spend nearly as much time thinking about these words as you, but I appreciate that you always bring this up because I do think it's really important uh, to be careful with the way that we uh, use words when communicating this stuff because uh, the subtle differences in the energy behind these words or what seems like subtle differences can really make a world of difference in, as far as how our subconscious mind perceives things and how we process them. So I thank you for always. Uh, no, well, I don't mean to do it, but the people no. watching, you might be using the word with the correct energy behind it. But someone <laughs> listening might listen to it and not get that. So I'm, I'm more doing it for just in general, not saying that you were you know, in the wrong energy. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, no, I, I genuinely appreciate that because it's, uh, yeah, I, I tend to, um, I tend to be so much focused. Like I, I'm, you know, when, when I'm listening to a person talk, uh, you know, I, I don't remember what you said even just 30 seconds ago, but I remember the exact energy behind it. Uh, but other people can get the other way around. You know, people get really focused on the individual words and they're not, they're missing the correct energy or correct energy whatever you want and, and the other thing with uh, with allowance is like if you are listening to a presenter and they say something that you don't agree with and, and now now you're in this place of you know you can't receive anything else that that presenter had for you that might have been the nugget of gold that would have changed everything because they said something that was just like no i'm not i don't agree with that but if you could just allow them to be in the space that they're in now you get past that and the next nugget of gold that you are able to receive uh you can have so it's a it's a really fine line in, in terms of that energy between acceptance and allowance or rejection. Yeah, I agree. And I've experienced that myself. And in the past, I know when listening to a teacher, they'll just bring up like the wrong tradition that I used to like not agree with or something. And I'm like, ooh, is this guy, is, is he coming from this place? I and then I start to question. And I, but I, I'm usually able to pretty quickly bring myself back to, you know, he just mentioned that in passing. This guy's pretty, you know, seems like a pretty wise guy. Just open, allow, and listen. But yeah, I've experienced that myself for sure. I know that happens. Yeah, and my favorite, if anybody has ever, I'll probably post it in the comments. There's a, a guy called Param, and he has this workshop called Why Life Sucks, a Global Voyage to Overcome the Misery of Everyday Living. Have I told you about him yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all his whole work teaches the works of Osho. And uh, and he, he sometimes people, because of the point of view that he comes from, they might have more resistance or not to what he's going to say. So at the very beginning of the lecture, he has the entire group, and he's had like hundreds of people in, in one group before. He has them slam their hand on the table, point their finger at him, go, Param, you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. 
And he, they, <laughs> they have him do that a couple times. And then he says, well, you know, now that you told me that, if I say something that you don't agree with, you already told me that. I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground. So you can get past that and listen to the next thing I have to say. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> and the way that he starts it too, like it takes everybody out. Like no one ever starts a lecture like that. Right? Yeah. So everybody's already out of the normal, however they normally receive information. They're in a whole different space mm. to receive in a whole different way. Mm. Yeah. And I think we, we get, uh, especially when, uh, discussing or, or listening to like spiritual teachers talk. Um, I know for myself, uh, before I started to, um, you know, uh, really allow myself to uh, experience instead of, you know, getting caught up in like the words and all of that. Um, I know I would kind of get into like this serious space. Like uh, one, one guy that I used to listen to was Eckhart Tolle. And um, I used to... <laughs> uh, he puts me to sleep when I try to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. But I used to sit there and, you know, I'd, or, or like Muji is another great guy I liked. And uh, I would sit there and, uh, you know, I'd be in this like real serious, like kind of like trying to like pay attention and absorb. And like, um, and, but I think when we get into like that space, we kind of, uh, um, we, we cut ourselves off to like opening up to experiencing the joy of it and the lightness. I don't think spirituality is not supposed to be this heavy, serious thing. I think the more fun we can have with it, the more we can laugh, uh, the better. Right. In Quechua, all that we're doing right now, it would be which means sacred play. <laughs> and it all is sacred play, isn't it? Everything, everything we experience every single day, you know, it's all about just playing, you know, when we start to take life too seriously, that's when we start to suffer and things become uncomfortable. If we could just play every day, realizing that this is all a sacred divine play and that, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're just here to enjoy it and experience the most, um, to have the most fun, you know, <laughs> and, and, right. and, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, no, you can finish. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, and of, of course, you know, we, a lot of us feel called to, uh, you know, do some specific kind of work. So yeah, absolutely. You know, put the correct energy into whatever it is you're passionate about and really, you know, help to spread whatever message it is you have to spread, whatever beauty you have to create in the world, you know, put the energy into that. I'm not saying like, don't, you know, um, take it seriously as in like, don't focus on anything and just, you know, do whatever the hell you want. Um, but, uh, you know, do what you feel called to do and, 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 and keep that spontaneity and lightness about whatever work it is that you are doing. Don't get too caught up in like the serious mindset. Yeah. The one thing I was going to share the way that I look at uh, life in general, if you ever seen the musical into the woods by chance, no. Uh, okay. So you're bringing up so many things I've never heard about today. Okay. So into the woods. It's, it's well a similar thing to into the woods for people who also might not know. There's a television show called like Once Upon a Time, which is like all the different fairy tales happening at the same time, interacting with each other. But that's what into the woods is. It's it's all the the, the enchanted forest, and you have Snow White and Rapunzel and. Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk and all these fairy tales are happening at all the same time interacting with each other. And so in this Kausai Pacha, in this field of living energy, playing the Welka Pukliai, the game of life, where we all have our own little stories and our own little thing that we're we're doing, and we're all interacting with each other. And it's just a question of, do I have a role in the play or not? And, and I don't have to have a role in every play, but that that's when I, when we talk about sacred play, I think about that musical and how everybody has their own little fairy tale. And it, but you're, the cool thing is you're the writer, the director, the stage crew, you're everybody in it. So you can always rewrite it if you don't like how the story's coming out. 
That brings up a point, though. I think uh, I was listening to, I think it was Bob Proctor is his name. Um, he talks about like manifestation and law of attraction a lot. And uh, he was saying um, a lot of people in their minds, uh, they're not even the star of their own movie. Uh, when, when in truth, they are. They're the writer, the director, the star, everything. Uh, but in their heads, like they're not even the star of their own movie. They sit there comparing themselves to each other and, oh, you know, I just wish I had more money. And if, oh, if I could be like that guy and live in that house, like that, that would be awesome. And they're <laughs> sitting there watching those celebrities and just like being envious of how uh, they, they live their lives and wishing. So like they're not even the star of their own play in their head. But, you know, to step back and realize like, yes. We're here to play and we're, we are the creators of our reality and we can do whatever it is we want with it. We have total freedom, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, you know, obviously don't go out and, uh, you know, <laughs> start causing chaos in the streets and breaking the law all the time. But uh, within the realm of, uh, you know, uh, going along with your higher self and, and your higher self's calling and, uh, and manifesting, you know, manifest whatever you want, create paradise here in whatever way calls to you. Play with it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Create divinity on the physical plane. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the great ways to really get in touch with that, because your relationship with the earth is reminiscent and paralleled, like we started our conversation with, with your relationship to your body. Your, your body is the Waldo that the being is using for all of this. So connect with the earth, connect with your body, recognize that your body and the being are two separate things. The body and the being are two separate things. Really ask that question out loud and come to your own awareness of what that means. And how often have we been fighting against our body? And if we were just to ask a question and to, to start commune with it and honor the body, just like we were talking about honoring the earth, what would our experience be if we were really working to create with our body instead of against our body? And also be the creator, you know, don't, uh, don't allow uh, the mind to, uh, to hold you captive, uh, use the mind in order to create uh, for your body, for yourself, for others, and do so consciously and realize you can create whatever you want. Um, so yeah, we're the conscious, become a conscious creator instead of an unconscious one. Absolutely. We got just a couple minutes left. If you're still on the stream with us, thank you so much for sticking it out. Uh, we'd love to hear from you in the comments. And please, if you have an idea uh, for a topic you'd like to hear about, uh, please let us know. Uh, we can certainly follow the energy and go wherever you like to go. Uh, and a reminder that Casey will be doing his meditation, his next one on Sunday at one o'clock. And you can sign up at hhh.life. You can find it there on all of our virtual offerings. And uh, anything else that you want to add in our final moments? Yeah, check out uh, I post um, shamanic meditations uh, for free uh, uh, from time to time, as well as uh, channeled messages from spirit on my YouTube channel, Shaman's Way, uh, which we'll, we can post a link to Shaman's Way as well. Um, and uh, so if anyone has, and we, you can bring it up during this, and I think that might even be a cool thing to do is to have like a little segment every once in a while that uh, where we do, like, I could do like a channeled message for whoever like has a comment to ask something. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, if you have any anything you'd like to ask uh, of spirit that you would like a response for me to channel, then I can do so and I can post that on the, uh, the YouTube channel. So shaman's way check that out if you get the chance yeah and and for and for this channel here for stir crazy shamans uh, when these start to go live on there uh, and all the channels associated please like <laughs> and subscribe and share and all that good stuff because uh, it really helps us out and then we can get this beautiful message and information to more people 
Absolutely. And then we should be tomorrow live streaming to both the actual YouTube pages and then we'll have uh, the links available for sure. And once we hit 100 subscribers, then we can have a custom URL and it'll be way easier for us to remember what the heck it is instead of that long thing of uh, random letters and numbers that they give you until you have 100 people. <laughs> so you're really helping you by subscribing. So <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for your energy and your attention today. Uh, we, it truly means a lot to us. Uh, our deepest gratitude, peace, love, and joy to all of you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Nike, thank you. Nike, Nike, Nike. <laughs>